Welcome to the podcast all about women's wealth. Women's wealth is growing faster than men's. As women in the next generation rise in financial power, women will fundamentally change the meaning of legacy. Women as singles, mothers, wives, or widows not only need access to a full continuum of opportunities to save, invest, and preserve financial assets, they also need access to financial education and coaching coupled with affordable and appropriate savings and credit building products at key times in their lives. Join us on Women Acquiring Assets and learn the stepping stones to home ownership, investment properties, cryptocurrency, business development, and learn all about saving stocks and so much more. Let's grow our networks together. Women's Inflection Point is a nonprofit, educational, and results-driven entity providing women a success path to reach maximum potential in each of their life cycle stages. Women's Inflection Point focuses on three tiers of Maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramid, human wellness, safety, and self-actualization. In other words, we focus on your health, your money, and yourself. An inflection point is an event that results in dramatic and significant change. Our mission is to facilitate occurrences of inflection points that activate unleashed potential to propel women to reach their maximum potential in all aspects of their life. These occurrences are delivered at events throughout the year in organic and diverse, inclusive environments. For more information, visit us at www.womeninflectionpoint.org. Welcome to this week's edition of Women Acquiring Assets. I'm your host, Annika Jackson, and I am here with a very dear friend. I'm so excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Taylor Johnson. Hi, Annika. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So Taylor is a perfect example of what this show is all about, because we're, we talk about assets, but we're not just talking about financial assets, emotional, spiritual, physical, mental, all of those things and how they work together. And I met Taylor, we were both suburban housewives <laughs> in Texas, <laughs> and um, our girls were part of the same group. We were in the same mommy and me group. And seeing Taylor build up her business, Hazel and Olive, was just really a sight to see. And you've had such a journey since you started the business. Oh my gosh. So for, for sure. Yeah. So before you decided to start a boutique, you were a blogger. You were one of the very first bloggers. So we tell our audience a little bit about that. Yeah. So I started a blog just kind of as um, a way to see if I could kind of have a you know, work from home mom type job whenever my daughter was born. And it took off really quickly. Um, so it was fun. I did a lot of fashion on it. That was my main focus, but also, you know, mom life and that kind of thing. Um, so that brought in some really great sponsors and it was a great, you know, little small business for me to kind of do while my daughter napped or whatever to still mm -hmm. be able to be home with her. Nice. And then how did you make that transition from mom and fashion blogger to fashion owner, boutique owner? Yeah, so I um, really, in 2012, I had kind of, 
I was still blogging, but not tons. Um, it was starting to kind of, the world of Instagram and influencing on Instagram was starting to come up um, more so than like just standard blogging. And I hadn't quite made the switch yet. Um, so I really was just kind of wanting to pursue my true dream that I'd always had since I was little, which was to have my own clothing line. Um, and so I knew that starting off, you know, making my own clothing line would be quite expensive. And I definitely did not have the money to do that. Um, so I decided to just start an online boutique by buying some wholesale brands. And really, I just started, honestly, by selling them to my friends, as you know, like you, <laughs> um, on Facebook. And then it just kind of exploded on me um, to where I built my website and then just kept growing it from there. And truly, you were probably one of the pioneers of that as well. So not only one, uh, one of the first bloggers, but one of the first people to really utilize the power of social media to start your brand. Yes, for sure. It was um, quite different back then being one of the only online boutiques. And, um, you know, I got really lucky with timing of it because when I started, there weren't all these crazy algorithms and things like that that now definitely are out there that make it a lot more challenging to do. Mm -hmm. And if you don't mind sharing with our listeners how you started, like what yeah. you had to do, the sacrifices you had to make to make this dream a reality. Yeah. So I, um, whenever I started, I did not have, it was kind of just a crazy point in my life. I did not have any money to my name. Um, just everything that could go wrong seemed to kind of have been going wrong. And I was really sick with lupus. Um, so I wasn't, I was on medications that made me not able to drive, um, you know, all you name it, kind of odds against me. Um, so I clipped coupons, saved up $300 and bought my first batch of inventory. Um, and that's what I sold to my friends. And once that sold, I just kept reinvesting the money and into buying more inventory. From there, I mean, the orders were just pouring in. I would hand write all the addresses. I would load them up on a bike cart with my daughter and ride my bike up to the post office and ship them all out. I mean, it was just crazy for sure. Oh, my gosh. What an amazing journey. I remember the first day that overnight you had $10,000 in sales. Yes. <laughs> and yes. how, how life-changing this has all been. So For you, sure. Yeah, and so you moved. We, we were in a suburb outside of Houston, and you moved back to the Dallas area. And that's when the journey really continued with your brand. And you have your online component. You have um, a brick and mortar. Yes. Yeah. So I yeah, eventually moved back to Dallas. Um, my family was here and my mom and aunt had 
offered to work for me if I made the move back. So moved back to Dallas and um, pretty quickly opened up a storefront location just because it had always been a dream of mine to have a brick and mortar store as well as online. Mm-hmm. So um, opened up that and then, you know, found a warehouse space to warehouse our online out of. And it's really been great. We love being back in Dallas. And having the support of your family there. That's really amazing. Yes, for sure. So since then, in the, wow, nine years now, um, almost nine years to your anniversary, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, coming up. Amazing. So where where is your business now? So now, um, like I said, I'd always wanted to really have my own line that I designed. I got my degree in fashion design and merchandising. So really my life goal has always been to design my own line. Um, so it's been a long, slow process of getting there just because I'm not the biggest risk taker and it's quite risky Mm. (laughs) Um, to start that up. But this year, actually, we're pretty much to where we're probably the spring and summer going to be about 90% of what we sell will be Hazel and Olive exclusive wine that I've designed. Amazing. And it's also, yeah, and it's going to be carried by other boutiques as well. Um, which wasn't necessarily my intention with it, but I just had so many people reach out to me that they wanted to carry it in their stores as well. So it's been really fun. That is such an incredible journey. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Of course, of course. And I know that giving back has always been a big component of your business. So yeah. What are some of the ways that you give back? So I know, I know you have like local, national, and international initiatives. So I'd love for you to tell our audience about some of those. Yeah, so it's so important to me, you know, especially coming from nothing like I did. I felt, you know, so appreciative to have had such support and, you know, success that I really wanted to make sure that I was always giving back. So I started um, right away. My goal was basically give back through every purchase in some manner. So we've done all kinds of things um, locally and internationally. So on a local level, one of our most known things that we do every year is free prom dresses Mm. and free homecoming dresses. Um, So we do those. We put them out in front of our store. So any girl in need can just come by and grab whatever she wants. She doesn't have to come in if she, you know, doesn't feel comfortable doing that. But they're more than welcome to come in and try on as well. But um, we just wanted girls to be able to participate in things like that that, you know, otherwise might go to homecoming or prom because they don't have a dress. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, we do that. And then we do basically the same thing, but free coats in the winter. Wow. Um so those are on a local, you know, super local level. We also do a lot with American Red Cross um, disaster relief. Mm-hmm. And on an international level, um, the main thing that we have done is we built a formula and wellness center in Mozambique, Africa. So through that, we're able to provide um, formula for babies that otherwise would not have a way to get fed. Mm. Um, and they are able to also 
get food for, you know, toddler age and things like that. What motivated you to open a formula and wellness center in Mozambique? So actually some friends of mine um, just frequently do some volunteer work over there. Mm-hmm. And they had seen a huge need for a formula and wellness center. And so they had mentioned it to me and I was just like, that seems like a no brainer. Um, they had made so many connections over there that they knew of people who could, you know, build it and run it and everything else as long as I could just, you know, help provide financially to get it started. So it was really cool to see that come to life. Wonderful. And is that something, is this a model that you want to continue in other countries or open more centers in Mozambique? Yeah. I mean, we're really always just looking for different needs to be met um, that we can help with. So, you know, it's kind of, I feel like sometimes I'm kind of all over the place with different, all the different things that we do, but really it's just whenever someone tells us there's a big need, Mm -hmm. if we're able to fulfill it, I want to be able to do that. So we try our best to do that. And what motivated your giving heart? Because you are, you're such a giver. You're so, first of all, you're such a kind person in general. I've never heard you say anything negative about somebody. You've always been, you know, one of the sweetest friends, and obviously you have a, a very big heart with all of your give back initiatives. Was it something um, that you learned from your parents, your family? Is it just something that you was within you from the beginning? Oh, you're so sweet. Um, I would say for sure, it's just how I was raised. My parents have always been involved with you name it, under the sun, I guess kind of a similar thing, you know, see someone in need and jump in and um, fulfill that whatever they could do, you know. Um, so I guess that is, it's just kind of I was how I was raised. Yeah, and then I'm sure that's one thing with giving, right? When you give of yourself, then it returns. Not, not that you expect anything in return, but it returns threefold with your business growth and all the other things. And it helps give you more capacity. I feel like. For sure. It's super rewarding in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So what else do we want to cover? I want to hear more about your expanding with blogger collections and working with some bachelor contestants. Yeah, so, well, funny about, yeah, the Bachelor contestant thing um, is kind of funny how that kind of didn't work out, but um, (laughs) it's funny. Um, We have had several influencers, you know, influencers are always reaching out to us of wanting to do collabs, and so I guess it was about a year and a half a little bit more than a year and a half ago, um, a few had reached out to us and I had been talking to my husband. I'm like, you know, I, they, everybody does this. They kind of, you know, and it's what I used to do with my fashion blog companies would reach out and they would pay me to show their clothes and how I styled them and that kind of thing. And I was kind of like, I just want to do something that's different. That's a little bit more personal to these bloggers. Um, So we brainstormed and came up with the idea of 
doing a specific collection to where basically they would tell me their style and certain things that they want. And then I work with them on curating this collection that's, you know, under their name and kind of gives them a brand and an identity, you know, that's all theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really, really fun to do with these girls. It's also, you know, it keeps things fresh for us because everybody's style is so unique that it's been a lot of fun, specifically this one that we just did. Um, we, I got to design a lot of pieces for this influencer and I just loved her unique style. So it was a lot of fun. I love the take that you are, how you're using social media right? As a tool, because right. you've been a blogger, because you have that background. And so you're able to approach it from a different way because there are so many companies out there that just see pictures on social media, they DM to be an ambassador, but their offers honestly are usually not that great and it's not super intentional. So you're being, not only are you really intentional about the way you built your brand and the way that you give back, but you're continuing to be intentional about who you're working with and how you're continuing to elevate the people that you're working with as well as your brand. So I think yeah, that's really, mm-hmm. oops, sorry. Oh, no, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, it, that was one of the things that was so important to me because I was like, I want it to be genuine. I don't want them to just be getting paid to talk about an outfit that they were given or you know what I mean it was like I want it to genuinely be what they love so that was kind of yeah the idea behind it Mm. and if you don't mind getting a little personal I'd love to talk a little bit about your family um you have a blended family with so you you um are both you and your husband both bring children from other marriages um, you're expecting congratulations yes, and then you also, you. and then you have a son, you adopted your son. Yes. Yes. So my daughter is about to turn 12 next month. And then my son is seven. My stepdaughter is six and then baby on the way. So we have quite the circus as my husband would say. Oh, absolutely. Quite a full house. Um, and another thing, I know we've talked about this personally before, but, um, you're Caucasian and your son is black. So, yes. you know, it's, how has that made you feel or how has that affected, um, your son in this time of like, there's always different turmoil, but this year we've really been able to see and reflect on what's really happening in the United States. Um, And then just this week, now we have a black woman vice president. So I'm curious because he is young. Did he, did he, you know, find out about any of the things that were going on in the world? Did you have to answer hard questions? So it's kind of, you know, it's interesting given that he is so young and he also is um, the most book smart, nerdy kid in the world. And so he always has his nose in a book and is, you know, we always laugh about it because he's so oblivious to so much because he's just like soaking up knowledge all the time mm-hmm. um, that he can find. 
And so a lot of things, you know, a lot of things that I've noticed as his mom raising him, he has not noticed, you know, given his age also is the main thing. Um, But this year for sure, I mean, the main person, I guess, who had a lot of questions was my daughter, obviously. Um, She's super, super protective, big sister in every aspect. Um, So she, of course, you know, was hearing things and seeing things and um, had a lot of questions. And, you know, of course, like so many things just being so heartbreaking. Um, But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, so many people's eyes are being open to this now that it for sure gives me a lot of hope for Malachi's future, given that, you know, a lot of people are just more aware now and are more like, oh my gosh, I had no idea, you know, what should I do? asking the right questions and asking friends the right questions. And, you know, really a lot of people that I have encountered are really making such an effort to do better now. Wonderful. And, and I think your attitude and your family are such great examples and role models for others to emulate. Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So you're, you were talking a little bit about your line and how you've really moved into your, you've been selling other people's designs and lines, but now you have been designing your own. Is that, cause I, and I know that your daughter, I know Raleigh is very, very fashionable as well. So can yes. you tell us a little bit more about your line? Is it going to include teen or tween clothes as well, or clothes for littles? Um, and what can we expect? And has it launched? Is it about to launch? Yeah, sure. So I start, so I've started doing really early on, I would do like one or two styles that I would design um, and have manufactured a season just because it was just nerve wracking. You know, you have to buy these huge quantities and it's like, oh, what if people don't like it? Um, so I've been doing that consistently for quite a few years now. Um, this fall and winter, we added, you know, I stepped it up a little. Um, but our spring line, it has not launched yet. It's going to launch in March. And it is just women's. You know, I my daughter has begged me to do kids' clothes. Mm-hmm. And as much as I want to, I'm like, you know what? I just don't, I just know my thing, you know, <laughs> um, kind of like, let me stick with what I know best. Um, so it is just for women and it is, I would say a lot of floral prints that I designed that are feminine, a lot of feminine dresses. Um, that's my main focus. I personally love, you know, a good floral dress that has lots of feminine details. So that was really my main inspiration. Awesome. I love it. And I can't wait to see it either and wear your clothes. I am the proud owner of several pieces from your boutique. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, we're in the pandemic, so it's, and we're still closed down in LA, so it's not like I can go get out and wear them anywhere right now, but I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, on that note, I can't wait to see how you build and grow. And I just want to say thank you to our audience for listening. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show today. So thank you. And thanks so much. And we'll be back again next week. Hi, this is Annika Jackson. At Annika PR, we provide public relations strategy, content marketing, and brand and design services. We are gifted with the ability to draw excitement to an event, brand, or concept. Don't just take our word for it. See our clients' work in Forbes, CNN, Amazon TV shows, and much more. Want your brand amplified? Go to AnnikaPR.com. That's A-N-I-K-A-P-R.com. Well, that's it for this episode. To learn more about who we are and what we do, visit www.womeninflectionpoint.org backslash WAA. If you have anything you'd like to share, Annika would love to hear from you. And she can be reached at info at womeninflectionpoint.org. Be sure to tune in every week for another episode and learn more about how financial assets are a store of resources that women and families can tap into, particularly during emergencies and how wealth can provide a nest egg that can be leveraged into investments like a home, an investment property, or a business, and then can be passed on to future generations. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.